You are listening to KGNU Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. In our studios, it is 8.35. Welcome to our Call-In Trends panel discussion as part of a public affair this morning. I am your host, Rosanna Longobetter, and today we will be talking about an exhibit at the Museum of Boulder called Voces Vivas. The exhibit honors the early Boulder County Latino families and their stories to date, a display of artifacts that tell stories about tragedies, celebrations, and monumental movements of a resilient Latino community. Our guests today are Justine Vigil Tapia, a native of Boulder County who grew up in Lafayette. Justin's family came to Boulder County in the early 1900s. We also have Linda Arroyo Holmstrom, known by the community for her work with the Boulder County Latino History Project. And now she's serving as a curator of the exhibit. And we also have Lori Preston, Executive Director of the Museum of Boulder. Welcome you all to this call-in show this morning. Thanks for inviting us. I'm so happy to have you all today. Welcome. Lori, I'm going to start with you first. Lori, um, what is the main goal of the exhibit? And why now? And why at the Museum of Boulder? Mm, lots of good questions. Why now? It is, it is very, very important for the Museum of Boulder itself to have really taken a look at itself back in 2020 as we reviewed our strategic plan um, and really name where we have gaps, where we have missing pieces, where we are as a, a collective organization, not necessarily um, representing every voice and every face in Boulder County. And um, our board in particular worked in 2020 to examine, you know, not only our collections, but our stories and, um, and, and really began to see that there was an underrepresentation, especially um, of the Latino community. And um, we know that one of our missions is to serve as a community resource and a reflection, um, a mirror. And so we sought the right people to do it who are on this, you know, uh, Zoom this morning as well. Thank you so much, Lori Preston, Executive Director of the Museum of Boulder. I really appreciate you joining me for this call-in show. And I want to let our listeners know that today we're going to open our phones to allow people to call us and ask questions about Voces Vivas, an exhibit that showcases the history of Latino community living here in Boulder County. I have also the pleasure to interview Linda Arroyo Holmstrom last Sunday uh, as part of the Pasalabos show in Spanish, and we had a long conversation, so I really appreciate you taking the time to come again, Linda. Linda, you as the curator of the Voces Vivas exhibit, how was the process of selecting who was going to be represented in the exhibit and why? Just want to clarify something. I'm the lead community curator and Emily Zinn is the lead curator for the museum. Um, the process was I had the pleasure and the honor of uh, really reaching out to um, 
specific community leaders within the three communities of Longmont, Boulder, and Lafayette. And Justine is a community leader we selected for Lafayette. And um, the structure was is to hold focus groups due to the pandemic um, via Zoom. And actually that ended up working out. I mean, I'm so grateful that we were able to meet during these times. And so those community uh, leaders were actually very key to um, reaching out to the broader Latino community. Um, so it was, um, so we had those community leaders, we held our focus groups and we really took note. We, um, we really, this is a community curated exhibit, which I think is unique in itself is that we really are giving right voice to the community so that they can really express how they want to be represented and what they want to have represented. And so that that, that is the beauty of this exhibit. And not only that, um, they also loaned us many of their precious um, artifacts, photos, documents, stories, histories. Um, so the museum is full of community artifacts and we, I also want to take note that we also reached out to other uh, community historians. I mean, there have been people who have been doing this work for years on their own dime and on their own love of their community. So a shout out to our community historians who have brought a lot to this exhibit also. Linda Arroyo Holmstrom, talking about Voces Vivas exhibit this morning as part of a public affair and our trans panel discussion calling show today. Thank you so much for that um, clarification. You are the lead curator, and also this has been a community effort. I remember because I was also invited to one of those conversations. I was honored along with Adriana Paola Palacios Luna, and we had a conversation about what it means to us to raise our kids in Boulder and how lucky we were and what we were bringing as part of our legacy to, to the community. Uh, so I have experienced in my own skin that beauty of feeling part of the community and being asked been asked of contributions or since when I have been living here. I am uh, an immigrant from Ecuador, lucky to be living in Boulder. But when I look at what Justine Vigil Tapia sent as her short resume, I was, wow, this family has been here occupying this land for a long time, contributing and working hard. And she has been really concentrate in bringing this story. So I appreciate you taking the time, Justine, to join us today for this conversation. Justine, your family history is a centerpiece of the exhibit. Why is it so important to bring this story to life and to elevate our past and present day contributions? Great. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to join you all this morning. And it's important to share our history, and I think for for folks to recognize the the past and the present contribution to the communities that uh, um, Boulder County Latinos, whether you've been here since since the early 1900s, like my family has, or if you are a recent immigrant to the area, um, you know, 
if we don't tell these stories, I think um, people forget or they don't recognize that all the the contributions um, that Latinos have made to the prosperity of Boulder County and making it as rich as it is today, um, rich in culture. And, um, you know, in some cases, that's just little pockets of communities here and there throughout the throughout the county. Um, but it gives us that opportunity to share to share our culture and also, um, you know, want to be seen, you know, see us as professionals, see us as business owners, see us as the next person you hire for that job because, um, you know, we've made big strides in terms of educating ourselves. Um, and just like everybody else, you know, we have those same struggles of, of housing is expensive here. Um, it is, uh, very affluent um, kind of county, and um, but we're all richer in terms of of um, just the culture and, and the beauty and you know the the physical environment. Um, we don't want to take that for granted, and and so you know we can all contribute to that. Justine Bihil Tapia, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah, joining us today to talk about Voces Vivas, an exhibit at the Museum of Boulder that has been being crafted for a long time. Uh, during the pandemic, there were meetings, there were gatherings, and to put together this exhibit has been a big effort from the community. I was able to stop by last Sunday and uh, sneak in and see, you know, in action, volunteers preparing, setting up and working around that. And, um, you know, I, I would like to share now um, a short interviews that I was able to do with these volunteers while they, while they were setting up, lighting, um, uh, to give life to the exhibit. And we're here in the Museum of Boulder's new Voces Vives exhibit. And I'm here working on this automated living room, which is going to be this oral history with some automated lighting and window shade closing and these very cool elements to really help bring the story to life. Why are you choosing to help uh, with a museum in this precise Voces Vivas exhibition that features Latino history, Latino presence in Boulder County? Well, I think it, it's so important because I think it's a story that really hasn't been told this way before, at least that I haven't really heard. So when I heard that the museum was telling this story, I definitely got super excited because it was something that I wasn't super familiar with myself. Um, so I really, yeah, definitely just wanted to get involved. And then as I started working with it and hearing the stories, um, it got even more interesting and, and I fell even more in love with it, for sure. You're a young student from Fairview. What have you learned through this experience? All kinds of things, for sure. I mean, definitely on the exhibit side, how to put together you know, an exhibit or how to collaborate with others to bring something like this to life um, has definitely been huge. Um, but then also, you know, on the storytelling side, how we tell a story and how we um, respect it and make sure we do it justice um, are all things that I'd never really experienced before, but that I've learned a lot about through this exhibit. From your point of view as a young uh, student, what has impacted you the most through this process of putting together the history of the Latinos in Boulder County? That they have been here so long, and yet 
I think a lot of times we don't really recognize that or acknowledge that or do it justice or present it in a history exhibit. So yeah, I think that's what's so great about this exhibit and what's so necessary is that we are telling those stories, that we are recognizing that history, which I think, yeah, a lot of times people, um, including myself, like I, I don't think I had as great of an understanding of that um, before coming into this. So I think that's definitely been one of my big takeaways. Right now, there's a lot of articles and a lot of talking in the media around not teaching race theory in schools. There's a lot of debate around this. Why you as a student, as a young student, think it's important or not important to teach the history that has not been told? No, I absolutely think it's so important. And I mean, I took AP US history a few years ago, and this was a debate then. But I think it's absolutely so important to not just tell like the sugar-coated narrative where, you know, only the good things happen and where we only talk about one race, because that's not that's a very biased interpretation. It's not like a nuanced one. So I think, yeah, it, it's of the most importance that we tell the whole story, even if it isn't necessarily as pretty or as patriotic, um, that we really recognize all backgrounds and identities. Please give me your name again and tell me in which grade are you at Fairview High School? Yeah, I'm Jackson Moody and I'm a senior at Fairview High School. What can you take from this learning that you have done here to whatever it is that you're going to be doing in the future? Oh, I mean, so much. I mean, like working with Wayne and seeing him bring these ideas to life is it sort of epitomizes like mechanical engineering and tinkering. So absolutely so much there. Also, you know, I love lighting design. I do that at Fairview. So working in sort of this unconventional space with these sort of unconventional fixtures and software has definitely been a big learning curve. But I think being able to work in those kinds of environments will definitely be helpful going forward. Jackson Moody, a student at Fairview, volunteering there. What a nice uh, young man speaking out and explaining, really being out front uh, with his thoughts at such a young age. I would like, uh, if you want to talk about this, um, you know, this young man really expressing, hey, I have, I didn't know, little did I know about Latinos living here in Boulder County long time ago. One of our hopes is that we will attract many students to this exhibit, and we're hoping to plan additional programming that will really engage and be interactive with students. So um, yes, I think that Jackson uh, was so articulate in his expression of how important it is to learn about other histories. And um, definitely, there are some universal themes within the the exhibit that I think will attract all people, um, just not only to learn about other people, but those themes are universal. For example, honoring our military veterans, um, Abuela's Kitchen, you know, Grandma's Kitchen, everybody can relate to things like that. So I'm, I'm hoping we attract many people to this exhibit not only to learn about the about the some of the first families and what brought them, what were some of the push and pull factors that brought them to Boulder County. Linda Arroyo Holmstrom talking about Bosses Vivas, an exhibit at the Museum of Boulder. We just heard from a young student, Jackson Moody from Furview, talking about the importance of teaching history, the history that we have not heard 
and the importance of having um, a critical eye around this. I also was able to interview his mentor, Wayne Seltzer, and uh, he's uh, the engineer volunteer who was setting everything up. I'm going to put up that interview for our listeners and you to enjoy. Hi, I'm Wayne Seltzer. I'm a volunteer at the Museum of Boulder helping out with this cool Voces Vivas exhibit, doing some lighting and sound and animation things. And, you know, when I first heard this exhibit, it was a living room with lights and sounds, but then I heard the oral history, the recording of these people who lived here in Boulder. You know, it's a pretty scary story that people lived in fear. They weren't safe in their own home. And when I told people that there were Hispanics in Boulder who in the 70s were worried about the Ku Klux Klan harassing them, attacking them, making their life. And these people say, I didn't know that. Well, it's true, right? The Klan was big in Colorado. Uh, in fact, our old airport, Stapleton Airport, was named after a man who was very much a leader in the Klan, and we've sort of moved his name out of here. Um, so I tell people the story, they're surprised, but the relation for me is my own family were immigrants to this country a long time ago. They came to New York City. They lived in the Lower East Side in tenements, and there were people around who helped them and gave them a possibility of having a life in America. And there were people who didn't like that and, and hurt them. And this is the cycle of immigration. And this is the cycle of accepting or rejecting the other. And I think this exhibit is important because people don't know this story about Boulder, perhaps, because they're new to Boulder or they just haven't heard the story. And so to see all these artifacts and to hear the, the, the stories of real people who lived in Boulder, who still live in Boulder, I think is powerful and very much is the reason for having our own Museum of Boulder. Fantastic. I have been speaking with Wayne Seltzer here at the Museum of Boulder as he is setting up an exhibition to show Voces Vivas, the past, the present, and hopefully the future for Boulder County. That was, as you heard, Wayne Seltzer, a volunteer engineer, putting up automatic lighting to give life to the exhibit. You know, one of the questions that I would like to ask to you, Justine, is the naming of the exhibit, Voces Vivas, that in English I will translate it as Life or Alive Voices. What is the intention of naming it Voces Vivas? Well, it is to give that opportunity for, you know, people from the, the various communities across Boulder County to share their stories in their own voice. Um, as as you've heard, there's there's going to be, you know, grandma's kitchen and, and, and grandma's living room and whatnot. And you'll hear some of those stories told by members of the community and what they experienced. And there's, there's some, um, you know, good times. And then there's also some, some sad things, some information about the presence of the, of the Ku Klux Klan and, and folks, you know, living in fear in their own home and in their community. Um, but it's important that, that, um, that we have this opportunity to share and to learn, um, to learn about our, our history and hopefully to do better going forward for all of us. Mm. Justine Vigil Tapia, talking about Voces Vivas and making a reflection about the importance of telling the stories that have not been told. Please, Justine, tell me about your family a little bit, because your family is the centerpiece uh, of this exhibit. Tell us about the abuela. My, my great-grandmother, 
my grandma Munoz, she came to the United States in the early 1900s from Mexico. She was already married and had a, a couple of children at that time and settled in the Lafayette area. Um, she had seven children and um, they all lived, uh, especially the, the girls, they all, they all lived you know, um, within a two block radius of, of where my great grandmother lived. And as a matter of fact, for me growing up, we lived across the street from my great grandmother's house. Um, so I felt like, you know, we kind of ran the block um, or the that two block radius, you know, uh, had to be careful about our behavior because somebody was always watching, watching us. So really my great grandmother and, um, I didn't know my great grandfather. He he was killed in a in a mine accident um, before I was born. Um, but anyway, you know they came here for a better life, and you know they had children who were born here, and then certainly um, four more generations um, since since my great grandmother uh, came to this area, and so you know. This is home. It's not for me. I was born in Boulder. Um, for me, I don't. I don't look at myself as an immigrant. You know, I am native here to to Colorado and to Boulder County. Um, as are both of my parents and and my my grandparents. So um, it was as was mentioned that push and pull. It was coming here to find a better a better life and to build that life. It wasn't just that it was easy to come here for some of these early families, you know, they had to build that life and, um, and my family did. Justine Vigil Tapia sharing with us the history of a family, a Latino family that has been living here since the 1900s. Um, thank you for sharing that. It is so powerful, the story of the abuela, the grandma in this exhibit, that I'm not going to give it away. But I want to make sure that I um, let the listeners know that you are listening to a public affair in our listener-supported community radio, KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. You are welcome to join our conversation. Please call us at 303-442-4242 if you are somebody that is curious about about this history of Latinos living in Boulder County for a long time, an exhibit that features the stories, the people that have contributed immensely to the community. Please call us at 303-442-4242. We are here to get your calls today as we are continuing this conversation. I would like to make sure now to... Ask Lori about what she thought when she heard um, Wayne Seltzer talking about this reality of uh, racism in our Boulder County. And, uh, you know, in my case, I really, I, from the time that I have met you, I know that you are um, an ally. I know that you are really strong in everything that has to do with social justice and uh, the exhibit is the exhibit is, is is showing this but also the museum of boulder is embarking in in real changes and in a desire to embrace this reality 
and show it and put it out there so that we can reflect on that, learn from it. Right. And um, it's, it's sad. It's sad that we have that part of our story. And yet it's, it's very real. And that's why we want to be authentic in, in expressing that. We have a second floor exhibit um, that has just a tiny panel in one section that talks about the presence of the KKK in Boulder County. If you're ever up there in that space and people walk through there, you'll you'll hear people often just like gasp, like or or make a response of like Boulder, no way, that's no. And and the reality is, yes, it it, it did happen here, and um, it's part of of our history that we need to um, reveal but we also need to make that impact and change just as Justine explained. And when you think about like Wayne saying 1970s, that was not long ago. And the the fact that we have community members, no doubt traumatized by something like that still among us um, is just not right. And so may this exhibit serve as a conduit to healing for that, um, educating awareness, and maybe taking action in ways that we've not taken before. So mm, yeah, thank you for the yeah, opportunity to, to speak to that. I just wanted to comment also that the Klan's presence was much stronger in Lafayette and Longmont. And the, they were in a held uh, local community, local governmental positions along with, at one point, the governor of Colorado was part of the Klan. And this was all during like the 20s, 30s, and 40s. That's when it was very prominent and strong within Boulder County and the state. Thank you, Linda, for letting us know that it's sad, but it's a story and it's a history. It's part of our history, and we need to reflect on that. And also, thank you, Lori Preston, Executive Director of the Museum of Boulder, uh, for what you just said, the importance of you know reflecting on these and um, I also want you to tell us shortly about another exhibit or another effort that you are now pursuing, and this is to feature Black history also at the Museum of Boulder. It is, and what's what's beautiful about Vosis Vivas and um, it, it will serve as a great model um, for our next step. Um, Vosis Vivas, as you mentioned earlier, has been years of, of, you know, a couple years, especially of intense work, but years even beyond that of gathering these these stories that are important for our community. And we recognize at the same time other um, groups who are underserved, who have been marginalized, especially our Colorado Black um, community. And um, there were many who lived in this area who no longer live here. There are many who can share the story of of being um, isolated to only certain pockets of Boulder and the stories related to KKK. Um, And even early and very, very recent um, acts of, of racism towards um, black Coloradans. And um, uh, about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, we spent time um, writing, first reflecting on on what needs were in our area, but also writing a grant to the Institute of Museum and Library Services, um, which is a federal 
um, institution that can provide funds to museums or libraries to tell stories. And um, we send an application in for this grant, spent a lot of time on it. Emily Zinn was the lead writer of that particular grant. Um, and she um, and, and a couple of our board members and I uh, presented it and, and got incredible support from the NAACP in Boulder, the uh, Boulder Library, Boulder Valley School District to do it as well. And we got the grant and we're super excited about that. It's going to be three years of work, very, very similar to what's happening with Voces Vivas. Um, it too will culminate into an exhibit, but um, just as we have Voces Vivas and just as we will with proclaiming, we call it proclaiming Colorado's Black history, we don't want these to be one and done. We don't want this to just be, okay, here's this exhibit, check, we did that. These stories need to be become part of us as a community. It needs to be part of our education, part of our, 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 our whole programming that we do. You know, we have a year ahead of us with Moses Vivas, for example, to think about what can we do to deepen this knowledge? Not just come and look at an exhibit, but what can we put out as a call to community leaders to say, if you are part of the Latino community, how can the museum serve as a place for you to present a workshop or present um, a conversation about a book or to tell stories that are uncomfortable or to celebrate, um, uh, you know, uh, cultural um, festivities or whatever that you may have. So the same thing will happen in 2023, but we just hope it's not a, this is this year and 2023 is that, but it's just, it's instead part of us and will always be a permanent part. Wonderful. Lori Preston speaking to us about Voces Vivas at the Museum of Boulder, and we have our first call today. I want to continue and let everybody know that we are talking this morning with Justine Vigil Tapia. She is part of this exhibit. Why? Because her family is the centerpiece feature in this exhibit. And one of the things that I was wondering when uh, you know, when I was creating this script for for today is I wanted to ask you precisely when you go into the exhibit, um, what is it that we need to pay attention when we are adventuring in it? Because I was super surprised when I went on Sunday. There's so much to see. What will you what will you pick to go in and play around with Justine? I think I will um, I will be focusing on on Abuela's kitchen and and also you know living living room. There's there's so many um, detailed pieces in there, um, and it might at, at first look you might miss it, but then um, you know take a closer look at at all the um, you know Linda and everybody did an excellent job of of adding these, these pieces, um, you know, whether it's, it's to the antique, um, curio cabinet, um, whether it's the art and pictures that are, that are on the wall. Um, and then you'll see a lot of things too, in terms of food preparation, um, as far as, you know, a comal, a mocajete, the rolling pin, 
Um, the, the dish towels, for example, that were made from old flour sacks. Um, I think Latino people are, are, are the original recyclers, you know, it was, everything was re, repurposed many times over. Um, so those are some of the, the details and, and the things, you know, I remember washing the wax paper bags at my great grandmother's house because it wasn't a one and done disposable kind of item. You know, we were going to reuse that, that baggie until, until it disintegrated um, kind of thing. So, you know, be sure to look at the details, you know, sit down and think about your own family as well, because I think um, you'll, you'll, no matter, you know, what color you are, what, what your, your background, your culture, but it will feel familiar, um, whether it was your grandma's or, you know, an aunt's um, or your own, your own parents their living room or their kitchen or something like that. So, so there's, it's just a lot of comfort, but like I say, look at the details, you know, be curious about it. Um, and it is very powerful to hear the stories um, told by different community members and, and experience. Um, we need to turn the lights out. We need to put the shades down because the KKK is going to be coming through, through, um, through the street and, and just how that had a lasting impact on, um, on you know, what we did 10 years later or 20 years later um, because of that trauma that had, had happened earlier before. Justine Bihil Tapia talking about Voces Vivas this morning, an exhibit that shows Latino history here in Boulder County. And Justine, I just want to make sure that I that I mentioned this, thank you so much for saying that, yes, Latinos, we are recyclers. <laughs> we <laughs> reuse and we repass everything. Um, and that's the way we are, is in our culture, is in our DNA. You also are an engineer. Can you please briefly tell us about your your profession? Just a correction there. I My focus is has been on um, technical project management and um, for the majority of my career, I did work in technology and telecommunications um, for some, you know, some very big companies, starting off with an internship that I had during, during my college years um, at IBM, just, just here in, in Boulder County. Um, so that has given me a, a great opportunity to, you know, learn and to use technology um, in, in my business life and also in in my personal life um sometimes my family members will call on me to help troubleshoot different different things and then you know my career kind of kind of took a took a change in in 2009 um i was laid off from sun microsystems and uh a colleague that I had worked with years before, she worked for Boulder County in the commissioner's office. And she said, you know, hey, would you be interested in working on a project here? So I um, went just as a contractor initially to to work on a project for the Boulder County commissioner's office. And um, like I say, that was in 2009. And I um, stayed there in the commissioner's office for seven years and then went to the clerk's office. And um, I'm getting to re getting ready to retire the beginning of, of June. Um, but for the, the last six years, 
I've served as the Boulder County Elections Director. Mm, And it's been an honor to, you know, to work for Boulder County and also to um, have that public service. You know, there were many, many other members of my family who um, worked, for example, in housing and human services for Boulder County or um, senior services, things like that. So um, it was my, I guess it was my um, opportunity and also um, my time then to to step in and to work in a public service type of capacity. Justine Vigil uh, Tapia speaking to us this morning. What an honor to have the opportunity to meet you. And what an honor for me to be in front of such powerful women of the community that really shake and and make it happen um, this morning, especially this exhibit that is an ongoing exhibit. It, it's, it has a big opening on February 25th on Friday, and then it will be open to the public starting February 26, 2022 until February 26, 2023, a whole year for our community to go and experience and play around with an exhibit that is interactive, that is something that is very special. Um, I want to make sure that I also give again the phone number before I ask this next question to Linda Arroyo about the exhibit. The phone number, if you want to join us this morning, is 303-442-4242. Call us. Ask a question to this powerful emails that we have this morning talking about Voces Vivas, an exhibit about the Latino history here in Boulder County at the Museum of Boulder. Linda, my question to you is, tell us please about the artists who contribute to the exhibit. Yeah, we had a, a call to action for artists and um, we really specified, you know, artists um, that identify being indigenous, Chicanx or Latinx. And um, we really gave them the background of the different themes that would be featured in the exhibit. And we had an overwhelming response. And it, this art just really elevates the exhibit. It just makes it colorful, meaningful. And, you know, every art piece is for your interpretation, of course, but um, it complements and it's exciting to have it. It's just, you'll be impressed with the artwork we have. One of the artists that is featured is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel um, has been a longtime um, muralist, sculptor, painter and um, has been involved since the farm laborers movement in the 60s with Cesar Chavez. So some of his work is just iconic. And um, he was gracious enough to bring a wide variety of that collection. Um, And he, just so you know, he's also featured at the Smithsonian Museum. Um, So he's really well known and he has many sculptures and murals in Denver. Um, Another artist is um, Gonzalo uh, Paredes Caceres, and his work is very dynamic also. And we have three of his pieces that will be featured that are kind of neighborhood scenes and um, kind of the gritty 
vibe of some of those neighborhoods, but also you see hope within that also. Um, yeah, so we have we have um, some retablos that Dave Bernal, a, uh, a local of Boulder who does relief carving. He did two beautiful, he contributed two of his beautiful relief carvings, one's hanging in Abuela's kitchen and the other one is um, in the neighborhood section. And so, yeah, the art is just a wonderful part of this exhibit. And um, again, what you'll be able to see, tw I think we have about almost 30 artists that can, are contributing to the exhibit. 30 artists is so fantastic. We have a call. Susan is in the line. Susan, do you, have a, uh, do you want to ask a question? Welcome to KGNU. So my, my question is, uh, well, first of all, I'm looking forward to going to the exhibit on Saturday and, yes. you know, to learn about, you know, communities, uh, plural in Boulder, um, really important. And I was wondering if um, during the, the, the next year um, throughout the exhibit, if there's going to be other programming that takes place uh, that's associated with the exhibit. Great question. Thank you, Susan. It is a great question, Susan. And it's actually an opportunity even on the, the, the show today to, to speak to a call for that. We spoke to a call to art. We really want to put out a call to programming at the museum. Again, offering to our community the opportunity to, to come in the space, uh, to have meetings in the space, to um, have you know educational experiences to have workshops you know feature authors etc so if you know of anyone or if anyone is listening at this time please reach out to us um, you are welcome to use um, my email address which is director at museumofboulder.org that's just director at museum of boulder spell it all out dot org and share what you'd like to do within the space in this in this year so um, we do already have some things planned in terms of music uh, that that'll be offered in this space uh, last night we spoke to boulder symphony they in may are featuring all Latino composers, um, music, et cetera. And so we've already talked about collaborating with them um, and having them come into the space and also in some way us taking Voces Vivas on the road to, to a space like the Boulder Symphony to, to just show the connection and what I appreciate you saying, Susan, the communities that we have, so. Thank you so much. That was Susan who called to ask a question. And thank you, Laurie Preston, for that answer. So, yes, it, this is an interactive, and that's what I also want to bring, you know, to, to the table this morning, that it is an interactive exhibit where people can, you know, touch objects. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Just the feeling that I can go into a museum and touch things, it's, it's unbelievable. So if you can speak about that. Rosanna, I'll mention something um, that happened. We we keep our doors open often in a, during an installation. And so this installation of this exhibit has been going on for a little over a week now. And um, a teacher um, from Boulder 
came through and was walking through the space and we encouraged them to do so. And she said, I see something that I feel like is missing. And I said, well, tell, tell me what that is. What, what, what is it that, you know, as, as listeners, we want to have that um, feedback. And she said, music. And she said, I'd love to see some instruments. And so that's actually started a conversation among all of us, you know, as we're, you know, just a couple of days out from the opening, um, but it already, um, you know, has some answers. We've, you know, in talking to some of the music leaders of arts and cultural institutions last night, some of them have already said, absolutely, drop a, a guitar in grandma's in, in the living room um, or drop, you know, some other uh, percussion instruments so that people within that space can sit and play music. So it's it's a consideration, but it's also wonderful to hear community walk through during an installation and give suggestions to us. So I know we can't do it all, but the fact that that they're that keen and that into what we're we're providing is exciting. Wonderful. We have another call. Deborah is on uh, the call. Deborah, ask your question, please, and be brief. Colorado History Museum in Denver. That's amazing. The Colorado History Museum is just, inc- I, I'm blown away by it. And it has a lot about Hispanic people and the history in Colorado is so diverse. A lot of, um, a lot of groups that are on the margins. And they're doing a special gay and lesbian exhibit starting in June for a few months and I just think it's terrific your work for Boulder Museum and just also come to Denver the History Museum in Denver is amazing thank you uh, Deborah you have a question I don't really have a question I just wanted to share that news and and to enjoy our history the museums are really amazing good good to go to thanks thank you thank you this has been you know a beautiful a beautiful interactive conversation today and I really want to make sure that we have been talking about Voces Vivas, an exhibit at the Museum of Boulder that opens on February 26, 2022, and that will stay open until February 26th of the following year, 2023rd. And this has been a calling show, and we have had two calls this morning that I think is fantastic that we have participation from the community in this panel discussion. And I want to Make sure that I thank, give the last word to my guest this morning. I have had the opportunity to have Linda Arroyo Holmstrom. She's the lead curator of the exhibit, and uh, she has been a powerhouse behind uh, choosing who will be featured in this exhibit. And I would like for you, Linda, to also mention something about the pyramid where people can put ofrendas and how that is so important. Yeah, believe it or not, we have a pyramid within the exhibit. Um, it's it's looking fantastic. Uh, I was there the other night while it was being installed and um, it is an altar, uh, which is prominent within different communities and uh, especially the Mexicano community community. Uh, so we are inviting the public to bring ofrendas for the altar. And um, we, uh, it was beautiful to watch the community leaders bring in what they treasured and wanted to recognize and commemorate. And so we have Justine brought her photo of her mother and her grandmother. 
with a beautiful shawl that her grandmother wore. And um, Sonia Marquez from Longmont, she brought a photo of her mother and grandmother and her grandmother's rosary. So these are the, if you want to bring something that you value, or if you wanna pay tribute to a family member, please bring it in. The pyramid is sizable, so we have room for, for your items also. Fantastic, Linda Arroyo Armstrong, letting us know that we can participate in this exhibit, that we can bring our artifacts, our, our those things that make our home our homes, that we can share, that we can bring it, and that is going to be an exhibit that is going to last a whole year there. Justine Bihil Tapia, I will also like if you can um, give us our last thoughts about the importance of this exhibit. Well, it is it is wonderful that it is going to be there for a, a year, and I think I would encourage folks to, um, you know, visit it more than than one time and and be on the lookout for different opportunities with the different programming that will be offered, or if you've got ideas for programming as well. Um, when you think of a museum, sometimes it's, it's kind of a quiet space, but I will tell you that, that this exhibit will be lively. And, you know, so don't, don't, don't hold back. Um, I can, I, I know I was there the other night too. And, um, you know, it's love and laughter that happens in grandma's kitchen and in the living room. And so, you know, think about that. It's, um, there will be some areas where, um, um, honoring our, our military veterans and, and those who, who lost their lives in service of, in service to the country, for example. But there's a lot of other areas, you know, there's the sadness, but then there's also celebration as well. So, you know, it is that opportunity for you to maybe play that instrument or listen to the music, listen to the interviews and um, experience it. I guess that's, that's the big thing is, you know, experience the environment and you'll get something new every time. I want to make sure that I also allowed Lori Preston to give us last thought really quickly. You know, we're showcasing inclusive stories and, and I appreciate the invitation to keep coming because you'll see something different every single time from baseball to sugar beets. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Lori Preston, Executive Director of the Museum of Boulder. I have been your host, Rosanna Longo Better. Thank you again. We have been talking about Voces Vivas, an excellent exhibit happening at the Museum of Boulder. Stay tuned for two and a half hours of music, sound alternative. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rosanna.